He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. I see, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Tuesday drive. WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. And we are just two days away from perhaps the greatest opening weekend to a college football season in the history of this state. Wake VMI will kick things off Thursday night in Winston-Salem. Wake AD John Curry going to join us in a little less than a half hour. Make sure you're around for that. We'll air Duke Temple on WSJS Friday night. But those are merely appetizers to the three heavyweight matchups we've got Saturday. NC State at ECU, North Carolina at Appalachian, and the Aggie Eagle Classic to cap things off in Charlotte, Bank of America Stadium that night. We'll get to all these games throughout today's show, but let's begin with the one in Boone. Here's what's interesting to me about it. The public believes this is App State's game to win, but I think it's the exact opposite because Mac Brown's got the Mountaineers right where he wants them. He's selling the Tar Heels as an underdog. And it's working. The line's down from three and a half points in Vegas to a pick And I even saw a line yesterday that had App State as a one-point favorite. So this line's moving in App State's favor. It seems the Sharps are jumping all over the black and gold. Josh Downs, oh, is he going to play? Tony Grimes, we don't know. And here's Mac Brown feeding right into that with the woe is me talk. All odds are against us this weekend. Uh, we're banged up. We're taking a first-year quarterback to, to Boone. They've got a six-year guy. Um, we're going to a hostile environment, and we haven't played well on the road in those. Uh, so we got our hands full. We're going to have, uh, we're gonna have to play great to have a chance to win. Oh, the odds are all against us. Poor little old Carolina. Going up the mountain to app to be slaughtered. We're so banged up. As if Josh Downs isn't going to play. As if Mac Brown wasn't joking about taking him out of that game on Saturday, saying he saw enough. I don't know if Tony Grimes is going to play. He might be sincere about that. Woe is me. North Carolina, let me say this clearly so I'm not misunderstood in any way. North Carolina should never be an underdog to Appalachian State. Now, if you're saying, oh, come on, Josh, App State beat them last time. You're disrespecting the Mountaineers. This is coming from a place. I went to school in Greenville, America, where I saw the Pirates hang 70 points on North Carolina. I've seen times where ECU's been the better team. So I understand what it's like to be the overlooked little guy or at least root for that team. East Carolina should never be favored against North Carolina or NC State. They shouldn't. They should never be favored. North Carolina should never be an underdog in this spot. Carolina has more talent and will always have more talent in this matchup. That's just how it works. It's how it's always worked. It's how it's always going to work. That's not a shot to, shot to app. You know, you could still win with less talent. They put up something this summer. ACC teams. By recruiting rankings, the guys who are playing for you, do you know who was dead last 
in terms of the amount of talent on the roster, Wake Forest. And they won the Atlantic last year. So this isn't me saying App State doesn't have a shot. This isn't me saying North Carolina should win in a runaway. North Carolina has more talent, which makes what Mac Brown said there funny to me. Drake May was once an Alabama commit. He was once, at one time, a five-star recruit. Chase Bryce was a backup at Clemson, and Duke decided once upon a time they didn't want him to be their quarterback anymore. He was great last year. The numbers were good. I think Chase Bryce is going to have a really good season. But let's not do this thing where North Carolina is, woe is me, this underdog going into Boone. That's not what this should be. And I strongly doubt that Saturday against FAMU, this past Saturday, was indicative of what this defense is going to be Saturday afternoon. Tackling will be better. I trust Gene Chizik. The details of the game seem to be glossed over. North Carolina only allowed 56 yards rushing. They sacked the quarterback three times, despite how quickly FAMU was trying to get rid of the ball. So I do think this D-line is really good, and the recruiting rankings would suggest that. Carolina's had three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes. The only ACC team that could say that, other than North Carolina, is Clemson. So the Tar Heels have more talent here. And I think Mac Brown, after a season in which North Carolina was supposed to be this top 10 team, and he hated the fact that they had all these expectations attached to him, he's loving this. He's loving App State being the favorite and North Carolina being this lovable underdog who's going up the mountain for the first time with all the odds stacked against him. Don't buy it. Carolina has App State right where it wants them. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show. Have you been following Cut Day in the NFL at all today? A little bit from a distance. Saw the Panthers made another move last night. Remember this. Oh, yes. They added Dennis Daly while we were watching The Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. I missed that. I went to River Birch Lodge for the first time last night in Winston-Salem. Had a great night. Really enjoyed um, myself. The Panthers. Scott Fitterer just dealing left and right. Today is cut day in the NFL. Teams have till 4 o'clock, so the next 50 minutes to trim down their roster to 53. And as of now, I haven't seen any real surprises from the Carolina Panthers. But there clearly have been some tough decisions being made in that room. Brandon Zilstra, that could not have been an easy one. He was cut, wide receiver. We know he was in the mix, had a pretty good camp, but Shai Smith has been better. Zilstra has been banged up a little bit. And you just brought in LaVisca Lashaw. LaVisca Chenault, excuse me, from Jacksonville yesterday. And there was some buzz after that LaVishka trade that it might be Terrace Marshall Jr. that was cut rather than Zilstra. Mm, might still be a little too soon to do that. That guy had a first-round grade last year and was a second-round pick. That would be a bit harsh to cut him now, given the upside that's there. This was interesting. Neither corner Tay Hayes nor seventh-rounder Kalen Barnes cracked the 53-man. That speaks to how deep they are in the secondary. I still think that is the strength of this team. It was a weakness when Matt Rule arrived. That is now a strength after you draft J.C. Horn and trade for C.J. Henderson and extend Dante Jackson and pick up Xavier Woods in the offseason and move Jeremy Chin from the linebacker spot 
to one of those safety spots. Tay Hayes was an App State guy. He's had an incredible camp. Pick six against the New England Patriots a couple weeks back. Barnes, fastest guy on the team. Track star. Heck, I think I saw him Madden. He's one of the two or three guys in the league that had a 99 rating in speed. He was a draft pick this year. It speaks to how deep Carolina is at that spot, that they couldn't keep a draft pick from this year that also was coached by Matt Rule at Baylor. That should make you feel really good about where the Panthers are at at corner. As I said, they have until 4 p.m. to cut down 253. The Panthers might consider cutting down to 52 because they do not have a kicker now that Zane Gonzalez is out, probably going to be out for the year. They need to make a signing there. They haven't done that yet, probably waiting to see where cuts are happening elsewhere across the league. But regardless of who you root for, remember this. If you fell in love with somebody in the preseason and they got cut, odds are the vast majority of these guys who are great, these preseason heroes, they are not going to be picked up by somebody else and they're going to end up on your practice squad. So when you see cut, that doesn't necessarily mean, in fact, in most cases, it doesn't mean that this guy is going to be playing for another team or be drawing their paychecks from somebody else. John Curry, Wake AD, going to join us at 3.30. Busy day for him. He was also on with Jeffrey this morning. But as mentioned, we got a lot of college football games to talk about. Already covered Carolina and Appalachian State. How about NC State ECU? State's ranked 13th in the country. They're visiting Greenville, America. But this game's about a lot more for them than a ranking. I truly believe that. And I'll tell you what I think this game means next on The Drive. Your attention, please. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. KD John Curry will be here in 15 minutes to update us on a few things ahead of Thursday night's opener at Truist Field. But before he joins us, pull up a chair and let's have a conversation about NC State stuff. We suck. What is NC State stuff? I think you know in your heart of hearts. It's why NC State might be the most tortured college fan base, NC State fans, might be the most tortured college fan base in America. It's not that they lose. It's that so many times they get worked up, they get excited, they're about to kick the football just to have it pulled underneath of them right as they're about to kick it, Charlie Brown style. Just when you think it's going to happen for them, it always doesn't. Shout out to Denzel and Ridgeway, a listener who gave us that drop a few years ago. We still play it to this day. Shout out to you, Denzel. But that's the identity of NC State. Whether it be the baseball team having that disaster in Omaha last year or the women's basketball team being the number one seed in their region but having to go on the road to play UConn and losing in overtime or the men's basketball team being treated leniently by the NCAA just to have its worst team in about 20 years, only to give Kevin Keats a contract because of something that was agreed to prior to this season regarding the NCAA. It's NC State stuff. And this opener to me in Greenville, 
with NC State being the 13th ranked team in the country, is all about identity for me. Dave Doran did not break the curse last year. I remember I was at the Clemson game where NC State won and they stormed the field. It was pandemonium. Dave Doran was smoking a cigar outside of the football office with a, something in a red solo cup. I don't know what was in the red solo cup to this day. But I remember that night, it still sticks with me, that Dave Doran went out of his way to say, Wolfpack fans, we have broken the curse. Now, if the curse was just struggling against Clemson, I guess they did break that curse. But if it was NC State stuff dying, not exactly the case. Because later that year, despite beating Clemson, despite Clemson not going to the ACC championship game for the first time since 2015, it was not NC State winning the Atlantic. It was Wake Forest. And then they had an opportunity to win 10, ga 10 games, be just the second team in program history to do so. All they had to do was beat UCLA in the bowl game. Five hours before the game, UCLA has a COVID situation. The game gets nuked while you're there at Petco Field in San Diego. NC State stuff is real until it isn't. That's the good news for Wolfpack fans. NC State stuff is real as of right now until it isn't. Just like Clemsoning. Remember Clemsoning was a thing? Oh, yeah, well. Clemson have these great years. They'll win 10 games. They'll be awesome under Dabo, but they'll never really break through and be a national title contender until they were in 2015. Until some guy named Deshaun Watson arrived. Is Devin Leary the Deshaun Watson for NC State? That remains to be seen. This game has disaster written all over it for the pack. It's in Greenville, America, where I don't know if they have enough alcohol in that city for all the people that are going to be showing up for this game. It's going to be insane. It's going to be a zoo. And State's lost the last two times they went up there, including to Scotty Montgomery, who won nine games in three years. But one of them was against NC State. And ECU's pretty good. This is the best ECU team since Lincoln Riley and Ruffin McNeil were on those sidelines. Dave Doran, I think, outlined. This is a pretty long clip. We usually don't play clips this long. But Dave Doran, I think, outlined pretty well the challenges associated with playing the Pirates this weekend. The crowd noise is a factor when you're on the road. And, and so when we get to play at some place that where that's an element, it tests you, you know, it tests your, your focus with your 11 guys on offense. And, you know, um, it tests your, your mental maturity when you have opponent opponents, fans saying whatever they're going to be saying to you. Right. And can you manage yourself in that environment? Cause we can't practice that, you know, we can't put people in there yelling at our guys. So you know, there, there's a hostile part of playing at a stadium, you know, that sells out, that has, you know, rowdy students just like ours does, you know. And so it does test you. It tests your leadership. It tests your ability to, to stay focused on the task instead of the surroundings. Um, and they're a good football team. You know, I think it's the best team Coach Houston's had. Uh, he's got a lot of good players back. His staff, you know, has been together a while, and, and they're his kids. He's recruited, so... You know, we're not just playing against uh, some team. I mean, it's a good football team. They were a bowl-eligible team last year, and, and they're better than they were last year because of who they brought back. Exactly. All of that. No notes. It has disaster written all over it. It reminds me a lot of Carolina going into Virginia Tech last year. But there is one key difference. State's an older team. You got older guys. And you got a better defense than Carolina had last year. NC State obviously can win this game. They're a double-digit favorite. 
if they win this game, then I think identity starts to shift. What you are starts to shift. Wait a minute. I thought the law of the wolf was that you lose when we most think you're going to win. You won the game in Greenville? Okay. Your next three are at home. And then you're 4-0. WD, where do you think NC State is ranked if they're 4-0 starting the season number 13? I dare say they move up in, I mean, top 10 for sure. Yeah. Maybe 7, 8-ish. Yeah. And then the fifth game they have is in Clemson. <laughs> you could be talking about college game day. You could be talking about the biggest game in America, NC State going into Clemson, who you beat last year. So this opener is a huge, huge, huge deal. WD going to be going down to Greenville for it. It's all about identity for NC State. Before we get to John Curry, Baker Mayfield is in the news today because of the NFL Network's Cynthia Freeland, who went to the Panthers' third preseason game, third and final preseason game on Friday night. Baker Mayfield had a couple touchdowns in it. The Panthers shut out the Bills. But according to Cynthia Freeland, Baker told her on the sidelines that he was going to, quote, bleep up the Browns in the season opener. Yeah. That's great. So this is the exact quote. On the field after the game, this is the Bills preseason game three in Charlotte, I walked over to him and told him, I'm so excited to see you. Go kick some butt, especially week one. I cannot wait. And he uses some expletives. And I was just like, I hope you're ready. And he was like, I'm going to bleep him up. And this is one of those stories that sounds like it should be news. We are talking about it on this radio show right now, mostly because it involves Baker. And this is going to get blown up, and it's going to be at a lot of places. But what is newsworthy about it? I would be offended if Baker Mayfield didn't say this. <laughs> like, given his personality... And Cleveland, two years removed from him taking him to the playoffs, shipping him off in favor of a of a creep? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll give the largest contract in NFL history to the guy who has 24 p- cases that he just settled civil lawsuits because of, you know, harassment of women. That That's, that's how low we think of Baker. We're paying Baker $10.5 million this year not to play for us while the Panthers are paying him about $5 million. That's how left. So I would be offended if the competitor, Baker Mayfield, wasn't thinking that in his head. If they're like, eh, well, how do you think you're going to do? I'm going to, yeah, going to bleep him up. That's Baker. That's, we haven't seen it in camp. He's been pretty reserved. He's, tailored that back a bit he knows how he's being perceived in the media as saying things like this quite often but i guarantee you this wd do you know who probably loves this every single guy in that locker room Uh uh-huh the teammates if he's saying this to cynthia freeland what do you think he's telling his teammates i would love to know Uh uh-huh i would love to know wake forest ad john curry will update us on ticket sales for the Deeks home opener. And he'll tell us how Sam Hartman's doing. Maybe. I don't know. They haven't really given us much on that front. 
I'll shoot my shot. Thanks. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. We don't do a lot of high school basketball around here, but there is a fairly significant local headline that I wanted to pass along, and we'll do that in just a little bit. Because right now, we're being joined by Wake Forest Director of Athletics, John Curry. And boy, it's been a John Curry takeover day on WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. Heard him this morning with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today, talking about Deacon traditions like the Deke Walk that we're going to see on Thursday night with Wake Forest opening it up against VMI. The Deacons ranked in the preseason top 25 for just the second time ever, and it's a 7.30 kick at Truist Field. John Curry, how many tickets have been sold as of right now, 3.30-ish Eastern on Tuesday afternoon? Uh, Josh, I think we're, good. we're within two or 3,000. Um, from capacity, we're already above what we had last year for the um, home opener um, against Old Dominion. Um, obviously, we got students that are fired up to be there. We still have tickets available for $15 or our, or our four-pack for $69, which includes the parking pass. And If you want to get 10 of your neighbors, we can sell them to you for $10 each. So grab a group and come on over and join us. Tell you what, we are sending the neighborhood, and we've got – a couple opportunities on tomorrow's show and on Triad today, the next two days, for you to win tickets to go see Wake Forest and VMI Thursday at 7.30. Last week, you announced a home-and-home home with Maryland for 2030 and 2031. It's something I wished we'd see from a lot more founding members of the ACC just because of the nostalgia. But you tell me, why does a series with the Terrapins make sense for Wake Forest? Well, it's a great series for Wake Forest for lots of reasons, one of which is that we want to continue to elevate our program and pay, playing another Power 5 program uh, in our geography in a highly populated area with a lot of great uh, Wake Forest alums, prospective student-athletes, prospective students, prospective employers of our incredible students at Wake Forest uh, makes a lot of sense. And so, um, you know, to have the Terrapins uh, in, uh, in Truist Field in 2030 and then go back to uh, College Park in 2031 um, is, is great for us with so many alums and fans who are in that zone uh, in the Northeast. Um, and then, we, as you know, we've got a ton of current student athletes who are in, who's from Virginia and Maryland and the Northeast. And so it just makes it easy for everybody. It's a great scene. Wake Forest 80, John Curry with the here, WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad. While we're talking about scheduling, I think you're completely booked up through 2026. And I remember uh, a couple of years ago, you and I were talking about Wake Forest and Appalachian State. Unfortunately, in 2020, you had to postpone that game. And this game, this series hasn't been played in five years, Wake Forest and App. I was thinking about asking you about it just because of the news of this week where you got Carolina going up the mountain to play the Mountaineers and NC State's going up there for the first time in 2026. Why, has, why haven't we seen a matchup yet on the books for the future, a future matchup for App and Wake Forest? Well, Josh, I'm confident that we will have a match in the future. That you know continues to be a very cordial um, conversation with Doug Gillen, and that's a, certainly a great a uh, long time uh, rivalry uh, for, for both of us and for Northwest North Carolina. So 
it'll happen uh, at some point. You know, there's a lot of uh, complexity in terms of their schedule and who they're scheduled out against and our schedule and who we're scheduled out against, um, our obligations from a conference standpoint. Um, so, it, and their obligations from a conference standpoint, you know, so it's, they've had some additions to the Sun Belt. Um, so, you know, it's still an active conversation and I'm optimistic uh, we'll get it done. Uh, at some point, and we'll resume uh, that series. And you're not opposed to home and home, right? Well, I want to play 11 or 12 games right here at Truist Field. But, um, you know, if it, if it worked out in the right um, construct uh, to do that, uh, again, that's an exciting football game for, for everyone. And uh, we had a great win uh, in, in Boone. I think it was in 2017 or 18. That's right. Before my time. So um, that's, a, that's, a, that's an exciting opportunity. We've got John Curry with us here, and I'll tell you what, for the last few weeks, and I'm, I can't imagine how often you get this, the question I get on a daily basis, I'm walking around, I'm getting emails, I'm getting tweets, well, what's the latest on Sam Hartman? And yesterday, we heard Dave Clawson say, well, it's a medical decision, and he hasn't been cleared yet. Uh, I got married in the last few months to somebody who's in the medical field, so I have a pretty good understanding of what HIPAA is and what HIPAA isn't. I'm certainly not asking you to break any state laws here, but I am asking you realistic expectations here, not when he's going to play, but when he isn't. Like, What's an unrealistic expectation given what you know what he's dealing with? Well, Josh, I appreciate you asking the question in that way. You know, I'm going to defer to, to Coach Clawson's uh, comment about it yesterday. Uh, and, and Coach Clawson, very appropriately, deferred to the doctors. And uh, like we do with any injury, uh, return to play is a physician's decision uh, in consultation with the student-athlete. And um, that will be no different than this one but in to, this particular case. But to be clear on it, is there no answer to give on a timeline because you yourself – haven't been given a timeline. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. I can tell you that there's two things I don't do. I don't diagnose injuries. I don't return people to play. And I don't coach the football team. I mean, we got great experts uh, at Atrium Wake Forest Baptist Health. And we got a great football expert. So of all the things that I need to be concerned about on a day-to-day -day basis, that is not one of them. We got okay. great people that are smarter than me. John Curry, I do want to... Um, let you share something with the triad that maybe unless you're a hardcore demon deacon fan you might not be that aware of uh ryan sminda is a linebacker who's not going to be playing thursday night because of a targeting call from the bowl game that as far as i can see the ncaa and everybody who's smart on the subject acknowledges should not have been a targeting call but he's still going to miss this game what exactly happened here, and why is Coach Clawson so upset about it? Give me some of the behind-the-scenes for people who, have, who may be not following it as closely as you and I. Well, Coach Clawson is very appropriately upset about it, as, as am I. Uh, and, and the bottom line is, you know, Ryan was flagged for a play in the, in the uh, Gator Bowl, and I was watching it, and I felt like it was a bad call at that moment. But sometimes they get it wrong on the field because they just don't have the right angle. So you get it up in the box and they slow it down and, you know, look at it different angles and take a little time and think about it. And they, and they overrule the call and that's okay. That's why we have the boot. But in this case, that didn't happen. So Ryan was, was excused from the rest of that ball game. And then it goes into this appeal process. And basically we felt that it would get to that appeal process. And Steve Shaw and the, uh, who's the uh, leads that process at the NCAA would review it and, 
they'd look at it and they would correct it. Um, they did not, and we disagree. Uh, Commissioner Phillips, um, I talked to him again yesterday, and he mentioned how disappointed he was, and obviously Dave's disappointed. So, you know, beyond that, it is what it is, and it was not the right decision in our opinion, but there's, you know, we've kind of exhausted our appeal deal and feel badly for Ryan, um, but uh, we'll, we'll be ready to play Thursday regardless. When you get thrown out of the game for targeting, it used to be you had to go to the locker room. They amended that where you can be on the sideline after – getting called for targeting now will ryan smenda be able to be on the sideline thursday night uh, i don't know a reason that he wouldn't be uh josh um again that sideline is uh that's dave Clawson's world not mine john curry anything else to pass along on the way out we're fired up looking forward to our deacon walk at 505 on thursday we do encourage people to get there plenty early uh, we've got a ton of stuff happening out in front in the um, uh, decal fan zone uh, from Farm Bureau. And, you know, you'll see Lowe's Foods and you'll see Deacon Brew and you'll see a lot of our uh, Pepsi has done an incredible job. This is opening night uh, presented by Pepsi uh, for us. And then we've got our traditional field run. So you want to be in your seats and you're going to see 1,300 freshmen storm out of that tunnel ahead of our team and then help welcome our team onto the field for uh, what's a really important ball game to start our year? 7.30 kick. Make sure you're at the stadium early, as John Curry is describing there. 5 o'clock hour with the uh, Deke walk and all. Uh, really do appreciate the time, as always, and I look forward to seeing you out at the stadium Thursday night. Thanks, Josh. Go Deeks. Go Winston-Salem. It's the Drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. Why do I even bother asking questions like this when I know what the answer is going to be? WD, have you seen the movie Fever Pitch? <laughs> no. It's not a great movie. It's Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon. It involves the Red Sox. He's a super Red Sox fan. But there's a memorable scene where he runs out to his front door and his boxers because he's so excited that... It's season ticket arrival day, and he's hugging the UPS driver the entire deal. I don't know if I'll have that reaction tomorrow, but I'm riding into Charlotte in the morning to grab my season credentials, which means the football season is right here. Like the football season, actual games that count are right around the corner. Who knows? I might even see our next guest tomorrow morning, which is equally as exciting. Darren Gant joins us now from Panthers.com. He's an App State guy, too, so believe me, we'll get to the game that's being played on the mountain this weekend. Okay, Darren, cut day. The roster's down to 53. Any surprises at all? Wait, wait. First things first, what do you mean we might see Darren Gale? We'll hug. It'll be just like the movie. It'll be a very emotional moment, I'm sure. Can't wait to see you then. How about when we look at the roster being put down here? I... It's one of those things, like, everybody in the league, you fall in love with some of these guys in preseason, and you get mad when they get cut because you don't realize that most of the guys are probably going to make the practice squad anyway, so you probably shouldn't be that mad. Right, and that's the thing. And one of the things we pointed out on Panthers.com a little bit ago, this roster that they put out this afternoon is absolutely a work in progress. I mean, they – Kept six defensive tackles, no kickers, seven wide receivers. It's in flux, so it'll it'll look a lot different over the next couple of days. And 
and again, when you've got 80 on the practice field Monday and then they go out there tomorrow and they're 69, not that different. Darren Gant with us here. LaVisca Chenault was brought in yesterday uh, who had 63 catches for the Jags last year. And the way that it's being talked about is as if, all right, we're bringing him in and he might be the number three receiver if Rashad Higgins isn't the guy and this is a secondary wide receiver that's being brought in. But when I went through the numbers, LaVisca Chenault had better numbers than Robbie Anderson did a year ago. Could the Panthers be looking at Chenault as insurance in case Robbie Anderson continues to be banged up like he has been in preseason camp or if he has another down year? I don't know that it's necessarily Robbie insurance, but I do think they wanted to bring in a different kind of guy. If you look at LaVisca stacked up next to the other receivers on this roster, he's thicker. He's more of a DJ Moore type than anybody else who's on this roster. And, and having DJ Moore types is good because DJ Moore's good. Um, they think they can probably, I don't know that they're going to commit to a Debo role or anything like that for him, but they do think Chanel can line up in the backfield, come out of the slot, do some different stuff. So he's just a different kind of player, and I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, they've got a bunch of little fast guys. Let's bring in a bigger guy to see what it looks like out there next to DJ. Do you have any issue with this alleged Baker Mayfield controversy today? Uh, my only issue with the Baker Mayfield controversy is that the person who created it now tries to be offended that people made it a big deal out of it. Right. You started it. Yeah, if you put something out there and people don't like the fact you put it out there. And what we're talking yeah. about is there's an NFL Network reporter who said, I don't know, did she release audio or just say on a podcast that Baker Mayfield it, said he was going to bleep it the Browns out? It was like a passing remark on a podcast, but it was, you know, I mean, it was juicy stuff. And that's what people like to put on their podcast and listen to on their podcast. So I, I did kind of giggle this morning, though, when there was a reaction and it, and again, my reaction was twofold. A, duh. <laughs> B, you know, you don't get to pretend to be offended because people are making a big deal out of the thing you made a big deal of. Very well said. Darren Gant's on Twitter at Darren Gant, D-A-R-I-N. You should probably know the deal by now on onlinepanthers.com. I just got to know where your head's at. See, there are no NFL games this weekend. So the stage is set for App State, North Carolina. I've never been to Boone, but I'm going Saturday afternoon over watching my Pirates play NC State at the same time in Greenville, America. Uh, how confident are you in your black and gold? Well, we own the Carolinas, Josh. I mean, south, north, east, western, coastal, <laughs> If you have Carolina in your name, we're already your daddy. So, no, I mean, it's it's going to be great. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there on Saturday with some family and friends and looking forward to the atmosphere. There's no place to me for college basketball or college football quite like Kid Brewer Stadium. So, you know, Labor Day weekend, sun's going to be shining. Weather's going to be great. You can wear shorts to Kid Brewer for a change. It's going to be awesome. But I need your reaction to something, though. Something 
Mac Brown said yesterday really made me chuckle. I'm looking at this point spread, and it's gone from Carolina being a three-and-a-half-point favorite to it being a pick em. In some places, App State was a favorite yesterday. Here's Mac Brown on the App State game on Saturday afternoon. All odds are against us this weekend. Uh, we're banged up. We're taking a first-year quarterback to, to Boone. They've got a sixth-year guy. Um, we're going to a hostile environment, and we haven't played well on the road in those. Uh, so we got our hands full. We're going to have to have. Uh, we're going to have to play great to have a chance to win. You hear that, Carolina? <laughs> the the odds are stacked against them, Darren. They are just being. They're going up the mountain to be slaughtered. It's it's just terrible. Little old Carolina with their top 15 recruiting classes in three consecutive years, just in a former Alabama committed quarterback. It's just dreadful for them. Yeah, it's the odds are stacked against those plucky underdogs from Chapel Hill. Boy, if they ever catch a break in life, they'll be okay. Um, but I would like to point out, Mac Brown, former Appalachian State head coach, mm-hmm. but as we all know, Six and five's not good enough to keep a job in Boone. So we had to run him off. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. You know, that's that's how it played out. Darren, <laughs> I I hear people, and I was just talking about this. When you're not winning, everybody sucks, right? When, you, when you're not winning, the owner's terrible, the team's terrible, the, or, or the, the, the coach is terrible, everybody needs to go. And sure. with David Tepper, he's been in place for about five years now four years, five years, whatever the number is. He's been around for a little while. And there are some things that you could criticize and rightfully criticize him for. But I was thinking about one of the good things he's done is something like Thursday night at Bank of America Stadium, we just gave away tickets for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I know you love shows. And on September 18th, Elton John's going to be performing at Bank of America Stadium. And something that really matters to folks around here the Aggie Eagle Classic is going to be played at Bank of America Stadium this Saturday. Right. And you have like Clemson and Georgia from last year. Stuff like that just simply didn't happen when Jerry Richardson was around. So other than the Panthers opener against the Browns, whether it be Elton, whether it be Aggie Eagle, whether it be Red Hot Chili Peppers, what most excites Darren Gant? Well, I mean, you also had the ASU-ECU game there last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to – I'm struggling to remember how that one turned out. <laughs> I forgot. Me, I'm sure. Um, it's a lot of stuff. And there's – I'm looking forward. I'm probably – I was just talking to some friends in the ticket office this morning seeing what's left for the Chili Peppers and the Strokes and apparently Thundercat, who some folks close to me are very excited about. I'm probably just going to wander up and and grab a ticket and go. I I love the fact that there's stuff in Charlotte. And, you know, you're you're right, and you hit the nail on the head. When things aren't going well, people want to blame everybody for everything. I I saw the conspiracy theories online about, oh, is Matt Rule's fault that Zane Gonzalez got hurt while warming up on the sidelines? Or it's the turf's fault. Give me a break. I mean, sometimes dumb luck happens and there's all kind of stuff that people can complain about online but there's also a lot of cool stuff happening in charlotte and you know without without that surface and without you know opening up that stadium i do i remember when richardson basically wanted to use that building 10 days a year and having the opportunity 
to to play an HBCU game, give those guys an opportunity to be on the big stage. I, I think it's great for the entire city, the entire region. I do too. And lastly, on the injury front, everybody thinks their situation is the worst. Oh, man, sure. how terrible is it? Sam Darnold went down. He's going to be out maybe until October, and Zane Gonzalez is going to be out for the year, which you never want injuries to happen, but injuries are a part of football. How many teams in the league would take the Panthers situation of not having one offensive or defensive starter out because of injury for the opener? Yeah, I mean, you knock on wood, whatever. If it turns the other way, don't blame it on me. But they are in a good spot right now. I mean, it's a drag that Zane's hurt because you you were in that circuit last year where you were constantly looking for kickers and punters, and, and then you found one who was consistent, and then, you know, lightning hits the poor guy twice. So it, it's unfortunate. The clown car of kickers will roll in on Wednesday. They'll keep looking for more guys, and that's a pain. But as you said, it's a lot better to be looking for a kicker this time of year than looking for a left tackle or a starting quarterback or stuff like that. Or so, a starting center it, like they are in Tampa or their first rounder in New Orleans right. and, and Trevor Penning who broke his yeah. foot. You know, the Browns have rolled through a number of centers Pittsburgh. already in camp. And, you know, I mean, it, it happens all over the place. Sometimes it's your turn. Darren Gant, I will have pants on, but I hope to see you tomorrow morning and give you a big hug. All right, sounds good. Pants, you know, pants are optional. I mean, I'm going to be wearing shorts in book because I didn't get to go to many games in shorts when I was a student. There you go. Darren Gant, I guess I'll see you twice this week. What an unbelievable occurrence. I'm so excited. There you go.